Hey. Well, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to another installment of Fuchika Voz. I'm Sam. I'm Sandra. And, and we have a guest. Yay! Hi, everyone. Hi. Can you introduce yourself, guys? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Sofia. I am the creator of the Oso de Bozo Instagram uh, bilingual telenovela. Yes. And I'm in LA for the second weekend in a row. What? It's a little overwhelming. <laughs> uh, I was in back in the Bay for like four days, and then I like came back to LA. So I'm like kind of like, Oof. like, did I even go back? <laughs> You're home. I'm home again. It's nice yeah. though. Uh, how about you? What's like? What's, what's going on? What's, what's going on? Um, work happened. I also feel like it was just like, all right, well, that's gonna happen. It's the weekend again, so now it's just like I'm living again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> me. <laughs> like spreading your yeah. wings. Like, yes. <laughs> so that's how I feel right now, and then it's Saturday morning, so there's still a whole day ahead, and I'm really happy to be here for this conversation right now. I know, I've been waiting for this conversation yeah. for weeks. Yeah. Weeks. <laughs> weeks. Mr. Russell's been asking me about it the oh. whole week. He's been looking forward to it. <laughs> Is he going to kick us out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? right? I told him to behave, so. <laughs> okay, how about you? How's your week? Uh, like a rose and a thorn or like a shit and a giggle? Like what's okay. good, what's bad? A shit and a giggle. Um, The good... Uh, let's see. I don't know. <laughs> like I feel like my weeks just kind of go by goes by so quick. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's good I would say is um, me. I'm sorry. No, you can. We can cut. We can. Edit, okay. Okay. So. Cool. Okay. I'm working on. Um, I might leave that. <laughs> 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 I know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Something good. Um, I mean, some good stuff, I guess. I, I don't want to talk about... Can I say something work-related? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My partner and I, we did this thing on YouTube. Um, so, you know how there's, like, the sip and paints? Like, you pay... like Oh, oh like, you oh, sip wine no, and you pay it out? Yeah. I was yes. like, what's a sip and paint? <laughs> are you drinking paint? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this the new challenge it's on like, YouTube? <laughs> Well, you thought tight. Yeah. No, y'all, you drink the paint, okay? Stop. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> you sip the paint, no. It's the, but, no, it's like, you know how they have that Groupon thing where, like, you go to a place, you sip wine, and you paint? So, what we kind of did our own DIY version of that. So, we I had gone to the art supply store, and I got canvases, and I had my paints. And so, we just went on YouTube, and we were like, okay, how to paint blank for beginners Mm -hmm. and so we got some wine we put the youtube up you know on the chromecast or whatever on Mm -hmm. the big screen and we just painted something for each other yeah that's so cute yeah i like that that's really good that's like a good like cheap date yes yes (laughs) you know it worked i didn't want to go out you know i was like no okay i'm in casa you know just parking and whatever Parking. 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 In K-Town? In K-Town? You know, because yeah. you live more north than yeah. me. I know up there. Oh, no. It is a struggle. You're like, I'm waking up at 7 a.m. to move my car. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you got to get home soon enough so you can still find parking. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be daytime parking. Your mom is going to call you. <laughs> so what song did you bring for us this week? So I brought uh, Ride and Round by Kelly Uchis. And I really like the song because, you know, at work, I have to drive a lot out and talk to tenants all over the city of L.A. So I kind of like I'm driving. I'm like, I'm riding around. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes it's weird. Like, I feel like 
almost like a ninja turtle at work because it's like you know these landlords are coming in and i'm like oh hell nah (laughs) and i just like i call them i'm like i'm coming over there don't worry and like no 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 we're gonna tell them this and that we're gonna write this letter and we're gonna complain to the city and yeah you know and it's like (laughs) okay sometimes i feel like a ninja turtle i'm like okay i'm riding around like here i am (laughs) telling people yeah you could pay a 50 percent rent reduction what yeah you know so wow yeah you're a ninja turtle definitely (laughs) okay so before we play the song i'm gonna give a disclaimer because i don't appreciate this song choice kelly was it kelly fuchis like kelly fuchis Fuchis. i'm not a big fan i don't know about you sam but i'm like a whatever fan or actually i'm not a fan at all Um, i've only listened to a few songs so i don't i haven't formed an opinion yet i do think her aesthetic on videos is very different and refreshing Mm -hmm. but I, I've read the thread that you're you're referring to, so oh, I'm also yeah. like, ooh, Kelly Fuchis. Kelly Fuchis, like, like, yeah. Maybe, maybe Kelly Fuchis. Just like, <laughs> I'm somewhere in the middle right there. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm not going to explain it. Look it up. It's on Twitter. Yeah. It's on somewhere. Yeah. Just look up how she's like low-key sketch and... Google low-key sketch. Google low-key sketch. <laughs> Kelly, look up Kelly Fuchis and, and, and you'll, know. you'll probably find out. So yeah, we can play the song right now. I'm riding around in my car's low. I feel like I have a lot of I'm riding around in my girl's eye. We're riding around just to get by. That's like, okay. That's an okay song, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dislike her music, actually. Mm-hmm. I just dislike her as a person. Yeah. Which That's, is, yeah. Which is a real opinion, right? Yeah. So, okay. So, can you talk more about yourself, mm-hmm. Sophia, and, like, your role and, like, what you do mm-hmm. and, like, why you're so dope and, like, all oh. that shit? Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. So, first, I can just talk about the, the novella, then. So, how long did I make this novella? It's been, I think, since last summer. I think it's it's about to be a year of the novella. Um, so, Also the Bolso is a bilingual tenants' rights novella on Instagram. Um, I was inspired by it. Two things. So, one, uh, I, I am a tenants' rights advocate for Coalition for Economic Survival here in the city of L.A. Um, so, I, as a tenant advocate, I see a lot of tenants who go through you know, landlords wanting to kick them out, you know, and a lot of just misinformation of rights that they don't know about. So part of it came, the content that I get, these ideas comes from my work. Um, But putting it on the platform of Instagram, it came about, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, who was it? It's that Nicki Minaj. She had this challenge. It was something like, this is how a bad bitch walks from, goes from Milan to somewhere else and then she twirls around Prague. Oh. you can't even spell Prague. exactly exactly <laughs> this is how a bad bitch travels from milan to Prague. y'all bitches can't even spell Prague. and then she like twirls around and, and then <laughs> exactly. into the universe right 
I did not know. Yes. Sweetie, you weren't here for that meal. Oh my god, it was so good. It was so good. Wow. I gotta show you the video. Okay. It's it's really good. And so I saw people were like, this is how a bad bitch like goes on a date and doesn't pay and then like walks out like y'all bitches can't even spell pay and then you know and then I thought I, I was watching these memes with my friend and I said why don't I do something like this? How a bad bitch talks to their landlord. They don't. <laughs> you know, I thought, why don't we just do that? You know, yeah. because I always encourage, you shouldn't verbally talk to management because with verbal, they say, I'm going to kick you out. But they they never do you it. You need the paper. You, you need, need the paper. You need the receipts. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, this could be my nerdy way <laughs> of like bringing in my passion to like what Nicki Minaj, you know, her little thing. Mm-hmm. So first it started off like that. If you see, I didn't put it on the the novella on the Instagram, but I had put it on Snap. It was like this is how a bad bitch talks to their landlord, and then I think Mister also had come out like, hello. I'm like, nope, and I like closed the door. <laughs> And then my friends had seen that and they said, oh, wow, that's so interesting. Like, can you put that in Spanish so I can show my mom? Because this keeps happening and my mom is like, oh, no, I don't want to cause problems. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, let me do this in English and Spanish. So if, you know, a lot of folks on Instagram are mostly like millennials, folks our age. So if they want to share it with their parents, okay, then they can see this too. Um, So it started off as that. Eventually, it's like, okay... Uh, I think I was doing it on my own personal page, but folks wanted to share it. I said, no, I don't want to put my personal page out there. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I'll just make a separate account. You know, also the Bolso. um, Let's see. So, yeah, so I had had done that. Um, Yeah, so that's that's kind of how the novella came about. Nice. How how have you felt the the reception of it? Just because like you're putting yourself out there still, mm-hmm. you're still putting out all of this like powerful content, mm-hmm. and you're telling people like don't talk to your landlord, which yeah. is something that like as a, a renter myself is just like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I gotta like yeah. <laughs> so like, how do you feel? Like, how do you like mitigate that? Like, I think you know. So I with also the also like I show scenarios in mm-hmm. like what what to do, what not to do. Yeah. So like, yeah, you know, don't verbally talk to your landlord. Yeah, you. I always encourage everyone, put it in an email or put it on a letter, mm-hmm. you know, because whatever they're alleging is one thing they're saying verbally and another thing that they'll put on paper that's proof. Um, I remember <clears throat> when I had first moved into this apartment in Koreatown that I live in, um, we always had like plumbing issues and like just the, the current landlord didn't want to fix anything. This is before I started working here as a tenants' rights advocate. But because I had lived under rent control when I was in San Francisco, I, I knew more or less, no, you, I know I'm under rent control, you need to fix this. Yeah. So myself, I, I organized myself and my other neighbors to like, yo, let's all put in complaints. And my neighbor next to me, uh, she is a mother uh, of like three little kids. And um, the she had first the landlord had first when she had found out we'd all put in the complaints she calls her first saying oh you have kids I'm gonna kick you out and raise your rent oh I'm gonna God. do this to you I'm a, you know what sure I'm gonna fix everything but you guys are all gonna pay for this all these things that are just mm. not true yeah. yeah so then as soon as she hangs up on on her my neighbor texts me yo she called me watch out my landlord had called me I ignored her call and I texted her. You know, actually, from now on, I'd prefer if you need to talk to me, email me or send me a letter. Thank you. Yeah. 
she emails me, oh, I just wanted to know, is everything okay? Is everything, you know, super mm-hmm. 180 different. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I remember my neighbor was telling me like, oh, and the landlord said she knows that you have another roommate there and she's going to kick you out and this and that. But nowhere in this email did she ever, it was like the sweetest, oh, we just got this complaint from the city and we just want to know what's going on. How can we help? So it's it's different. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of the tenants who call and talk to me are, are like, you know, el dueño me dijo que esto y cuando salgo me dice y me toca la puerta y me habla. And that's part of their tactic to mm-hmm. piss you off so much. You know what? I can't live with this stress of my landlord, you know, annoying me all the time. I might as well just leave. So that's why I say stop talking to them. You don't have to open the door to them. You know, say, I'm busy. I have a doctor's appointment. I got to go. I got to pick up. What? Lie. Lie. Mm-hmm. I got to go. Send me an email. Thank you very much. Or send me a letter. Put a notice on my door. I'll look over it and I'll get back to you. Thank you. Goodbye. They have see. you know? So. Well, no, yeah. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Inspired. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. I'm also thinking about like how there's all these new buildings popping up on my block. Like Sandra, you've seen like how yeah. many buildings there's are coming. There's so like, many yeah. new buildings on his block, like mm-hmm. little apartment complexes that are being built, like yeah. the boxes. You know the boxes. Yeah. That we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally boxes. But um, it makes me think of like the landlords that are coming in and are going to be telling the tenants what to do, mm-hmm. and how many people are just moving into LA or like moving for other places in LA. So it's just like. These people are going to need to know what to do for these landlords. And then, like, I guess this also ties into the larger topic that we're going to be talking about, which is gentrification. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we see it happening on my block. You know, we see people moving in. What what does this mean for, like, the city, you know, like, from your perspective as a tenant rights advocate? You know, it's just... I think a lot of of folks need to know their rights. And I think the, the biggest thing, if... You know, people are listening to this and you don't really remember a lot of the stuff that I'm saying. If there's one thing I would ask for you to just keep is if your landlord ever says they're going to evict you, they're going to remodel, there's a new landlord who says you need to leave because X, Y, and Z, please, you know, ask everything to be documented. Okay, give me a notice, give me some paper uh, and, and seek help, you know, either from the tenant's rights any, any of the tenants' rights groups, such as CES, we do have a tenants' rights clinic every Wednesday evening and Saturday morning uh, in West Hollywood. I can pass along that information. Awesome. 7377 Santa Monica Boulevard, sure. Plumber Park, <laughs> Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. So we have lawyers there who can talk to you one-on-one for free. Uh, you know, we... We do ask for a $20 donation, but nobody is turned away for lack of funds. Um, folks are more than welcome to, hey, I got this weird note from my landlord. I don't know what it really means. Can someone explain it to me? Um, and a lot of like what I see is typically, you know, new owners uh, purchasing these buildings of rent control of people who have lived there 20, 30 years. And they say, oh, well, market rate, this apartment could go for 1800 but this person is paying $800 of rent. And uh, there are people that they hire, professional people that they hire to, hey, sign this paper, take this money and leave. Mm -hmm. There is a relocation. There's this thing called cash for keys. That's the big thing right now in L.A., cash for keys that we we keep seeing where because you have rent control, a landlord cannot kick you out because, uh, you know, they're supposedly going to remodel. 
because they just don't want you there because they don't like you, whatever. So people who are good tenants, pay their rent on time, under rent control, it's almost impossible to kick them out. So what these new owners are doing is, how about if I pay you some money and you get out? Um, so I keep hearing from people $3,000, $5,000, which is such BS because they're supposed to pay you at least seven to $20,000. Yeah. Okay. So if you've, so the, the, the lesser is if you've lived somewhere less than three years, there are no kids. So nobody under the age of 18, nobody over the age of 62, nobody with a disability, 7,000. The, on the higher end, the 20,000 are for people who have lived somewhere more than three years, uh, have kids under the age of 18, somebody over the age of 62, or have a disability. So, you know, a lot, the majority of our tenants fall under that 20,000, but are being told, here's 3,000. I'm being so nice to you by even giving you money. Oh, sorry. sorry. Um, So, you know, it's like, oh, sorry. So it's, they see it as like, oh, look, you know, we're being so nice, offering you money, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of our tenants, even the ones who have talked to us and are saying no, they still, they hire these companies and we see the same people um, who they, they hire them to like knock on your door consistently, text you, why aren't you taking the money? But why don't you take the money? Take the money, take the money, take the money. And these tenants are like calling us like, oh my God, we're so stressed. Maybe we should take the money. They're, they say they're gonna demolish anyways. They say that after March, this whole thing is gonna be demolished. But again, for them to demolish or for them to uh, supposedly uh, renovate, they do need to file with the city. The city will file, will, will send notice to you con el sello de la ciudad diciendo, okay, the housing department, we know that the owner wants to do this, so this is what needs to happen. But a lot of the tenants just, we're, they, I think we're also used to things being a certain way with the landlord, yeah. that when, what the landlord says, says, and that's it. That when they say we're going to demolish and even though no paperwork has been put in with the city and we keep telling them they need to file this and they have it, they still feel scared, yeah. which, you know, it, I get it. And so I think it's it's battling that. I think it's uh, it's that's been one of the biggest challenges. Um, the Ellis Act eviction. So if you look up here uh, from 2001 to 2017, there's been 23,024 units that have been uh, that have that have the Ellis Act declaration uh, to evict the tenants. So the Ellis Act um, is this interesting state law, where uh, if a landlord doesn't want to be a landlord anymore, you know what? I want to withdraw these units from the market. They can do so, um, and say, okay, we're gonna withdraw these units with probably intentions to demolish. Uh, we're gonna build condos here. We're gonna build something else, but there are gonna be no more tenants, right? So what we see a lot happening is uh, these folks who file an Ellis Act to get these tenants out, um, automatically they are given relocation. Um, And then after that, sometimes we've seen landlords, you know what, we got the tenants out, let's just ponle un manito de gato, and we're just gonna Airbnb all these units. Mm. Perfect, right? You have these tourists coming in, paying $400 a night, something you know when someone was paying eight hundred dollars of rent a month there yeah you know it's it, so it's a lot of a battling of that um and just kind of letting people know like uh i think within there's a certain amount of time i think it's three or five years i forget it might be three or five years if 
you are kicked out, Ellis acted, and they never demolish and they rent these units out again, you have the right to return. You have to file a paperwork with the city saying, yeah, I, I do want to return. And then with that, if they don't do anything, you can go to the city and say, hey, look, they're airbnb or they're doing this. I want to go back in. Um, Would you be able to do it at the same price that you were living yeah, in before? Yeah, you can. You have the right to return with the same rental price that you paid. But the issue with that is, I mean, who is enforcing that? Yeah. You know, who is... I don't think any city... I don't. I doubt city officials are like, oh, look, this is Ellis Act. Let's check once every month to see that the landlord is really doing yeah. this. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's... Yeah. It's, it's a lot, the onus is a lot on the tenants. And so when you have tenants who don't know their rights or don't know it's kind of on them, it's like, oh, well, we'll just leave and that's it. So, wow, I literally just like learned so no, much. Oh, yeah, I'm just like, wow. Wow, you do such great work. That's, <laughs> no, it's so cool. And I think I'm just like very interested in, in your approach and using like also as making all of this information really accessible because mm -hmm. the reason why like people are getting pushed out and then gentrification is being able to happen mm -hmm. is because people don't know their rights exactly so i guess i'm very interested in like how why why are you more interested in like an education type of approach because there are other instagrams mm -hmm. like in the la area like defend loyal heights or fight for macarthur park mm -hmm. that i would say are a lot more militant mm -hmm. in that they will take pictures of like gentrifiers <laughs> and like they'll be like fuck this business don't mm -hmm. come here like and, and they'll still also be very supportive of like tenants rights uh, mm -hmm. groups that are organizing in the area mm -hmm. supporting the mariachis that yeah. were yeah. right now what's happening in MacArthur Park yeah. there's the the rent people strike. who aren't under rent mm -hmm. control but they're mm -hmm. still doing the rent strike mm -hmm. so I guess why you chose to do something that is like very educational mm -hmm. versus like something that's like militant or yeah like, I think my intention, you know, thinking back of the whole Nicki Minaj thing yeah. that inspired this, it's, it was meant to be, like, kind of funny, you yeah. know? Um, and also, like, educational and funny. Uh, I think it's meant for... It, there's so much I can put in one minute, which is also really challenging. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, there is a time and place for everything, for, you know, the need to be militant, uh, the fact that Fight MacArthur part... Excuse me... Fight for. Fight for MacArthur Park. I, I've seen their Instagrams. I think it's great that they're covering a lot of, like, on the ground. This is what's happening. They cover... I love how they take pictures of, like, murals of the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're really capturing the essence of the community. And I feel like really speaking on the voice of the community as well. A little bit of that. Um, and I think with my intention with Also the Voso, it's just kind of like a fictional, non-fictional kind of approach to it it's like it's fictional in the sense yeah this also is trying to evict me but all the stories that i say are true like this happens all the time mm -hmm. um so i i think it's just meant to kind of be okay learn your rights and also kind of like giggle a little bit about you know i remember uh, my friend and i we did um we covered uh evictions so what happens is folks get a three-day notice and it says it says three-day notice of eviction and people think, oh, shoot, I have to leave in three days or else the sheriff's going to come in, change my locks, and that's it. No. So nowhere in the state of California can a landlord evict you without a judge's court order, rent control or not rent control. So even if they give you a 60-day notice, a 3-day notice, a 30-day notice, that doesn't mean that at the end of those 3, 30, or 60 days, they can just call the sheriff and kick you out. 
they need to take you to court then there's a court date then the judge says okay no the tenant won they get to stay or okay tenant you lost you have till x date to leave and yeah. that's when exactly. they can call the sheriff and all of that so this episode i had done was a 60-day notice that mr also had given me and he knocks on my door and he's like sofia yes acabo los 60 días voy a cambiar la cerradura y sacarte de mi apartamento you know and so i'm just like no mr also esta es mi casa y no me voy para ningún lado you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then my friend I was like can you be like the cop that shows up that he calls and so he shows up looking like a cop or the best that we could <laughs> and he's like ¿Qué está pasando aquí? and then he's like I already gave her notice to leave and she's not leaving blah 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 and I'm like mira señor él no, me, él no tiene orden de un juez para desalojarme and so the cop mm. is like you know you gotta go because if the landlord is ever going into your apartment without a proper 24-hour written notice that is trespassing that's illegal yeah. that's illegal and mm -hmm. you have every right to call the cops and be like i did not allow for this person to be here this dude just kind of broke into my apartment or came into my apartment without my permission without notice kick him out mm -hmm. so uh mr also is like so the cop is like mr also you gotta leave you can't i i can't do anything you don't have a judge's court order so then he's like, I don't care. This is my apartment. I can do whatever I want and I'm going in. And right as he's trying to get in, my friend grabs him and he's like, no, you're trespassing. We're gonna take you in. <laughs> and like takes Mr. Oso away. So, you know, I think uh, it's, so it's, it's covering things like that, that I think uh, kind of, it's, it's a serious topic, but kind of putting a little like funniness yeah. to it to, to learn, but also be able to kind of laugh at it. I don't yeah. know. So like what what actually brought you to work here at uh, was it Coalition of Economic Coalition for Economic or Economic Survival? Yeah, you know, um, as a someone who lives under rent control, I think uh, tenant advocacy, tenant organizing is very essential right now. Especially as we talk about gentrification, gentrification being such a a big topic, um, and I think. I, I have a I've done community organizing in the past I've worked with youth with families um, and I think because I had advocated for myself before in San Francisco um, and I advocated for myself out here I, I really I like that feeling of like man like of thinking you know man I don't have any rights or what can I do to like hold up wait you have to do this and you can get in trouble if you don't do XYZ you know what let me like let me exercise my rights yeah. um so i think that's a really a feeling of empowerment that i like to share with others and help them feel that way like it's such a good feeling when you know i talk to the tenants and i'm like look if they ever give you some paper do not sign do not do net don't whatever just call me and we'll walk it through and they call me oh my god sophia you're right i got this letter can you help me okay yeah and we help them avoid this whole thing. Quite often we have, most of the cases it's tenants who tell us, these landlords gave us this paperwork, They're and these tenants are monolingual Spanish speakers. They gave me this paperwork all in English, they said I better sign right now or else, so I signed, what do I do now? You know, uh, side note on that, if you ever sign an agreement to leave, uh, that cash for keys agreement where, okay, I will take your X amount of money for, for me leaving by this date, you do have a month 
to go back on that mm. and say, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. That's something that just passed a year ago. It's about to be a year ago that okay. that passed. Because a lot of folks were like, monolingual speaker, I don't know, sign, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Or folks who were pressured so much, because I'm telling you, they hire specific people to consistently harass you to try to take this money that they just signed out of pressure. Then they talk to us, wait, I don't have to leave. I don't have to take this money. I can stay. So if it's within that month, they need to get a copy of that agreement. Or if they can, if they don't have it, still still go to the housing department and put in a complaint and say, you know what, actually, I quiero retroceder. No quiero, no quiero hacer esto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's past those 30 days, um, it's it's almost impossible. But we've seen cases where folks who are monolingual speakers were given paperwork in English. Kind of, hey, you know, I didn't I was know under what. Duress. Yeah. yeah, I was under duress. I don't know what I was signing, you know. So in any case, if you signed within 30 days, please, like, still go to the housing department and see what, what you can do. Or you can come to the clinic and, and we can help you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, yeah. I have yeah. one quick question, yeah. sorry. Um, it's how do y'all do outreach? Just because y'all talk about how a lot of your tenants are monolingual, you mm-hmm. know, like, how do y'all do the outreach? You know, how do you reach tenant in somewhere you know mm-hmm. like how do you reach people who are way out there and maybe don't know mm-hmm. their rights how do you reach out to them or who how can they find y'all so two ways i guess so the first way we've our organization has been around since the 70s so it's okay. like 40 almost 40 years yeah. old now um we have a membership we it's a lot of word of mouth you know okay. a lot of folks in this area we've helped out in koreatown um you know they will tell a friend oh hey look ces has helped me maybe you should call them um, word, so I would say word of mouth. Um, what else? Do you have like mom clout? Like, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Mom I would, clout, we like, do have that mom clout. I would mom say. clout is the best clout. Like, yeah, it really is. Like, yeah. if you can get with mamas to tell everyone else, yeah, mama cheese man travels. Like, yes, and that's important. We've done presentations at schools. You know, nice. schools have approached us, mm-hmm. hey, can you know, with our, with our parents. So, we've done that. Tenants have come in through there. Um, the other way, I guess, is like, so So, in addition to being a tenant's rights advocate, I'm a REAP uh, tenant contractor. So what that means is uh, the city has this program where, uh, so let's say a tenant puts in a complaint or somehow an inspector finds their way into your apartment um, and they notice that there are certain code violations like a leaky pipe, a broken window, etc. Um, they will issue what's called notice to comply to the landlord and if after a very long time the landlord still refuses to comply and fix there is a temporary rent reduction program where the tenant can pay uh, a reduced rent of up to 50% depending on how bad the repairs are and that temporary uh, rent reduction they can pay either to the landlord or to the city the city holds it into a little account um, and the landlord doesn't have access to that account until they fixed everything and close the case. So um, my job is I kind of go out there and I tell them, hey, you know, this program is legit. You can pay the reduction. You can't get evicted. You are, you know, of the properties that are uh, protected under rent control. I explain rent control to them. Uh, and then I explain to them, yeah, I work for CES. Oh, okay. And then through them, word of mouth, mom clout, mm-hmm. all of that. So it's a lot of folks have known about us for a very long time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I have another question. 
what can you do? I know you still have tenants' rights even if you're not under rent control. Mm-hmm. But I guess I think a lot of people, once they realize, oh, I'm not under it, like I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So they kind of just give up because they don't feel like they have any rights. So mm-hmm. I guess what do you feel can be done for people who are receiving evictions and they are not under rent control? I think, you know, it's it doesn't hurt to just come to our clinic and mm-hmm. just see what's up. Like maybe you know the eviction sometimes you know there are verbal evictions that are given that still you know the state of california states even if you don't live under rent control you do need to give a written 60-day notice sometimes folks are just given verbal notices and leave and it's like well no actually you need to write this down so there are little technicalities maybe that it doesn't hurt to just come to our clinic um and just ask a lawyer hey i got this paperwork can you kind of tell me what's going on um, but for the most part, if you do get a written 60-day notice to of eviction, there's not too much you can do. There are folks who, who do rent strikes, all of that. I, I don't really understand too much of that. I feel like I haven't been trained or understand a lot about how rent strikes work. or, or I, I don't know. I don't want to knock it and, and say, oh, that doesn't work, or blah, 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 blah. I just, I, I haven't been taught That's that. not what you work in. That's not what I work in. So I, I don't, I can't speak on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another question. Um, I understand that with CES mm-hmm. and um, these, you know, like platicas that y'all do and like programs, um, there's lawyers present. So how do y'all, you know, affiliate with these other groups that are doing similar work or who are interested in doing similar work? You know, mm-hmm. what is the connection there? How does that come about? The connection uh, of like us and other yeah, like a groups? network of sort. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we all like. We have a, a clinic, other uh, tenants orgs also have clinics. Um, you know, with us, with CES, we don't necessarily have lawyers like on staff. Yeah. We are all, you know, tenants organizers, so we do everything before the unlawful detainer. We do refer folks to like the Eviction Defense Network or the Legal Aid Foundation. The Legal Aid Foundation is, uh, I, I like to refer people to. Um, if you're low income, you really cannot afford a lawyer and you're getting you know, an unlawful detainer, mm-hmm. most of the time I, I refer folks out there. So we, we all, you know, sometimes I get a call like, oh, the Legal Aid Foundation referred you. Oh, okay. So it's like we all kind of keep each other in mind and nice. refer each other. Yeah. That's awesome, actually, just because, you know, you see the, the grassroots movement of this. Because mm-hmm. you said that, you know, y'all have been around for 40 years mm-hmm. here in K-Town mm-hmm. helping people here. Mm-hmm. And y'all, you know, you're, you're riding around the city. So you're mm-hmm. doing all these things everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's just, I'm interested in seeing like where the other orgs are and how mm-hmm. they're all working together to make mm-hmm. this happen and informing people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's beautiful. I mean, tenants unions have been like growing. Yeah. yeah, they have. There are new tenants unions, not just like in Boyle Heights. There's mm-hmm. one in like Hollywood. There's mm-hmm. one in Highland Park. There's one in South Central. Mm-hmm. There's a few in the Valley. They've been all springing out. So I mean, it's it's people are finally organizing, mm-hmm. which is really good. I mean, and gentrification is so real. I mean, <laughs> I just drove. I drove through the arts district to yeah. get here. But I drove through downtown. So. I, I grew up really close to the Arts District and mm-hmm. like the Arts District was I feel like a very particular case of gentrification because mm-hmm. not a lot of people lived around there anyway mm-hmm. just like artists uh, but yeah I mean just like going through even K-Town like 6 yeah. like all of this it's so different mm-hmm. and I, it's something that is like constantly on my mind because I live so close to Boyle Heights yeah. and everything in Boyle Heights is like very intense like mm-hmm. people yell at people in the street like if you are perceived as a gentrifier, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
because it's so militant and like uh it's very interesting how Boyle Heights has kind of been doing tenant organizing as well as just general the community uh is trying to make it unlivable for people who are seen as like gentrifiers but then there's also the other side of the coin where there are businesses like Weird Wave Coffee, which I honestly see as a gentrifier business, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then people are like, well, it's owned by a Salvadoran like owner, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still a coffee shop that has um, that has like meet your policemen yeah, like, events no. and like no. is like very like it, it employs a lot of white people. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. If you're living in Boyle Heights and like everyone is white at an establishment, it's like yeah. why am I gonna go there? Yeah. And then there's there's so many things like what is gentrification, yeah. which is like an obvious creation of space that excludes the general community in that area, mm-hmm. versus like gentrification, mm-hmm. which is a term that I learned about a year ago, which mm-hmm. is usually reserved for people that grew up in a certain area. So if you grew up in Boyle Heights, then you go to college. And now you're like this like young like Chicanx person from Boyle Heights coming back, and I'm gonna start a business, yep. mm-hmm. and I'm gonna start a, I'm gonna open up a bar, basically mm-hmm. like what I wanted in <laughs> 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 HP. Uh, and I guess basically a lot of these spaces that are now by like more upward socially mobile mm-hmm. young like people from the area they're making businesses that are more expensive mm-hmm. a little less accessible for like their own parents or people from that area and there's a few examples in in, in East LA like Guisados mm-hmm. East Side Love mm-hmm. uh, and there's some places that I would say are not considered that but they're still I guess started with, with people that have come from a similar situation like Espacio 1839 and mm-hmm. La Concha. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it's like, where is the fine line of like coming back and like wanting to improve a community? Like as much as I love MacArthur Park, like there's still a fuck ton of problems in MacArthur mm-hmm, Park mm-hmm. that should get better, right? Yeah. There's still a bunch of issues in Boyle Heights, like accessibility, like healthcare and mm-hmm. better grocery stores mm-hmm. and less crime, less police presence. You know, mm-hmm, like there shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So how do you... How do you go into a community, especially if you're from that community, yeah. wanting to make it better for yourself and then mm-hmm. hopefully a family and all that stuff mm-hmm. if you want to do that as you grow up? And I guess what's that fine line? And that's something that I think I want to ask you just because mm-hmm. you, you, you're from San Francisco, yeah. so you see, you've seen the gentrification yeah. in your face. Yeah. And also now it's coming to L.A. in yeah. like the same type of like. Forever, yeah. word, right word. Yeah. So yeah, I guess like how you feel about gentrification, and then also how you feel about, I guess the the complexity of like wanting to improve your uh, community, but then that improvement, yeah, quote, quote invites other people that yeah. are just taking up all the space. Yeah, you know, I think it's as I was mentioning earlier, like I've I've been. I've, I've sat and like listened to you know people on panels who are like oh you know I am the new coffee shop here and I feel like I'm being harassed by people and blah 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 and I'm just trying to bring jobs and good coffee to people it's like you know cut the BS like you know who you're attracting or trying to attract to uh, to your coffee shop to your bar etc like I've seen many you know business owners who make the space more accessible to some people than to others. Yeah. You know, a couple, uh, two that come to mind right now, I think of um, Artic Hotspot over there uh, across from Roosevelt High School. 
you know, I know that they have donated food to, like, the youth, you know, especially to Roosevelt High School. They cater to, like, normal, uh, to, to regular uh, nonprofit orgs, like, around the area. Like, they are very, like, involved with the community. Um, you know, I think once the kids were trying to start a fundraiser and they had, like, a fundraiser there, you know, it's like, you know how you can make your say your your space more friendly to a certain crowd than another crowd um i think of crucitas in in huntington yeah. park uh, no in huntington park huntington park that's where i live sorry i tried yeah. going the other day yeah. and they were closed on sundays and i'm like yeah. it's so mad <laughs> i've been trying to go for weeks because it's like yeah. crucitas is super involved in yep. like southeast la yeah and i love crucita yes crucita that's what i'm saying so it's like <laughs> you know it's uh, my bad. I always get Highland Park and, okay. and Huntington Park. It's okay. I'm not from I, here, y'all. Okay. I, 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 a, I'm sorry. It's the other HP, you know. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have the HP in San Francisco, uh, Hunters Point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it, it, so it's three HPs that I know that I'm trying not to mix up. So my apologies no, to, to my Sela fam. Very, I'm very territorial, but it's okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. So to my Huntington Park folks, uh, Crucitas. You know, so I also organize with Proyecto Vecindad. I love them. Yes. So, you know, like, and, you know, Crucitas has been super dope in like, okay, we're going to have like an open mic here. Okay, we're going to have, I remember with Proyecto Vecindad, we had asked, hey, can we, you know, right outside, can we do like a... I think we did like an art, um, an art thing, kind of like uh, an installation. An art installation where mm-hmm. we were just like, okay, you can stamp, you can draw, you can do, uh, you know, stamps and excuse me, stamps. You could do stickers, you could do whatever, and it was all for free for the community. So anybody who passed by could do that. So the fact that we were able to do that, that they were super welcoming to that, is just is really good. Like that, I see is like you you're creating spaces for. The people from this community, families, you know, low-income folks to be able to, like, come to your business. Um, So I think, you know, some of these places that are just like, oh, well, we try to be friendly. You know, we hired that one brown person. Okay, that's it. Checkbox. I'm done. Mm -hmm. It's it's more than a checkbox. It's like, okay, like, really thinking critically of, like, what group am I bringing in, you know, because... As a business, I it's it's this weird capitalist thing, I guess, that, yeah. that's another layer to it. Because I would think, or you would think as a business person, the idea is to make a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to attract poor people, are you going to like, or like working class, families, are you going to really get a lot of money back? Or is it just people who are just going to be here and then leave? And so, you know, that's why, you know, our beers are $13, like... So so there's that kind of uh I don't know I don't know how to describe it like a yeah balance a balance that's needed um but it's also like understanding it's more than just making money it's yeah. you're creating the space for the community so I think once people these owners can like really kind of get to that and really be very honest with themselves and really you know what I am like uh, I am adding to the gentrification I think these folks are like, oh my God, everyone's blaming me for the gentrification. Well, of course, it's not just this one coffee shop and that's the reason why we have gentrification, but you are playing a role into this. Mm-hmm. And I think they just, a lot of folks are like, well, no, not me, no, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, gentrification doesn't, like, I, I my biggest, like, gripe 
when people come like you said like oh we're bringing coffee to the community or it's like we're bringing culture we're bringing art mm. and we're bringing resources mm-hmm. to a community that didn't have it mm-hmm. which is like this whole fucking white savior yep. fucking mentality yep. it's like okay people have been living here for like a fucking hundred years yep. just fine yeah like no one cares there's already murals here we don't need your dumbass little fucking mm-hmm. instagram mural like mm-hmm. all this other bullshit so I, I think also worth pointing out that gentrification really doesn't bring new shit. Mm-mm. Like, uh, in Echo Park, so many, like, mom-and-pop grocery stores have been closing down. And there's also a clinic in Chinatown that was a, a hospital that was, like, really common for a lot of the old folks in mm-hmm. Chinatown to just walk to and get mm-hmm. their services that was closed down. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these places are, like, shutting down yeah. health, uh, health places, yeah. like, food yeah. and ultimately just not even bringing it's not it it's easy to live there when you're like 20 something when you don't need good health care when you can afford to go to the fucking whole foods or Mm -hmm. go drive all the way to pasadena to get trader joe's or some shit but the people that are nearby they can't fucking afford that shit yeah or 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 have the time to fucking go out there yeah so it's gentrification yeah supposedly it brings in good shit but no, it doesn't. It depends on who you ask. Yeah, you know? yeah, because it's like now my favorite grocery store gets a several. Like now I have to walk like mm-hmm. an extra mile to go get my fucking veggies. Mm-hmm. Like what? Mm-hmm. No, gentrification really isn't bringing new shit in a lot of situations. It's just closing down shit that was already accessible to people. And you know, a while ago, uh, in, like in the mission, um, there was I believe it was Mission Playground. Um, it's a public, you know, place uh, where folks can, you know, there's a cancha where folks can play soccer. In the past, it was concrete, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's the mission. It, you know, they didn't want to invest in that. But now that more white people are moving into the mission, they put a nice grass, the, you know, all these like nice things to it. And now that the kids are like, oh, cool, we get to finally play on grass. Um, there was this event that happened that anybody, if you all want to Google it, you know, it's, it's everywhere um, but it was this instance where these techies had come in and they said hey actually we had rented out this gancha for like two hours and the kids were like no like this is like public time right now like we're just trying to play and it was just really interesting to me to see white people with pieces of paper telling these little brown, these brown kids we have more right to this place than you do it felt like Christopher Columbus 2.0 and um you know, the kids were even saying, how about you guys are a team, we're a team, and we can all just play. Nope, 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 you all need to leave. We paid for this, blah, blah, blah. It was this thing that just blew up. And it's, so you, that also starts playing out too. It's like, you know, even public spaces, like now, you know, we don't feel like we're welcome into this. Now that it's finally, oh, we can go into this because it's, it's, it's you know, there's nicer grass or it's cleaner now now it's now we're not allowed to we weren't allowed we weren't allowed before maybe for our safety and the whole okay you know uh, it was dirty i remember um, another park in san francisco by in Potrero hill by potrero and 16th there used to be like like needles yeah. in the in the sand you know because people were like shooting up there mm-hmm. and so now that they're cleaning it up and you're like oh i can go oh wait no now it's like still not welcome to you yeah so it's it's really unfortunate it's really like okay well what what is the community left to do then you know yeah yeah it's it's really hard and 
And then, I mean, you're seeing it now, especially with, like, people getting evicted, and, like, every year it gets worse, at least in, on the West Coast, um, like, homelessness, yeah. and mm-hmm. just, like, even just, like, the looming impos- impossibility of, like, if we want to invest in our, like, if I want to buy a home in L.A., or whatever, like, is that even going to be a possible thing, right? Like, I would love to, like, I, I think investing and, like, making sure that I'm never going to fucking leave, mm-hmm. I would love to do that, mm-hmm. but is that even possible? Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, do you want to talk more about, like, the rising homelessness? No, and- no, I'm <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> no um, well, Sanjay and I wanted, like, this is going to be, you know, disclaimer as fuck. Like, we've been wanting to do, like, a homeless episode, mm. a homelessness episode. Mm-hmm. And so, because we talked about, well, Sandra is the one sending me these links all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you do at work, but you're sending me links. Uh, okay, <laughs> hey, hey, you're sending me memes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so don't worry. Shut up. Okay. No, but um, one of them was talking about um, what where homeless people move in mm-hmm. the U.S. and, like, the homeless count. Mm-hmm. And so um, we noticed that, like, I think it's a third or like a huge population of homeless people live a in fourth a fourth of all oh. homeless people in the united states live in LA. live in los angeles wow. yeah. and homelessness in the u.s has dropped like the whole u.s but mm. it has risen on the west coast mm. every year mm. and the homeless count just happened i think a few weeks ago yeah. in la and yeah like homelessness is just it's been going up every single year consistently and it's like risen about like 23% from like the previous year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also homeless deaths mm-hmm. have risen and also mm-hmm. who is overwhelmingly homeless if you go yeah. to Skid Row yeah. it's black and brown folks mostly black yeah so who and then now Latino homelessness has like risen I think like 63% yeah oh, I remember so Latino yeah. homelessness is going up too and it's it's just so much and I, it's just so overwhelming every time you go out and you see it like i see tents where i never used yeah. to see tents yeah. ever in la and and in san francisco too in the bay area like i live across the street from a an encampment yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. like the people are chill like they do their thing they live they're my neighbors yeah. but it's like i i don't i also feel because i'm fucking cold you know how cold it's been yeah i'm just like these people are outside yeah. and they're fucking freezing yeah. it's, it's just so disgusting yeah. and i live right next to city hall and like next on city hall's doorstep there's yeah. like an, an encampment yeah in yeah. oakland yeah so yeah. it, it's just double digit rising in California and it just goes to show like the housing crisis and just like how housing is accessible to certain people and yeah. it just isn't accessible yeah. to other people and something that's frustrating in, in these conversations you know how like people you know what is it congress people or people in these like positions of power who are like yeah you know the way to solve this is to like build 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 they say they want to build affordable housing blah 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 Sure, like that's important too, but I think what's often missing in the conversation is protecting rent controlled mm-hmm. units mm-hmm. because the Ellis Act evictions, like that's you can legally take off whatever, uh, you know, rental units from the market. Uh, it's, it's like you're still taking away rent controlled affordable units as yeah. well, and now you're building like this other, these condos. So it's, it, you know, and the, the thing is, landlords get away with a lot of stuff. They can get away with so much stuff. And I'm just like, where is, where are the protections for the tenants? Where, who is, who are putting these landlords in check? Yeah. So yes, we need to build, but we also need to protect the existing housing, the rent control, all of that. Um, there's something called the cost, the contra, 
Contra Costa. Contra Costa. No, 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 Costa Hawkins. Costa Hawkins. Oh my god. Contra Costa Costa is a county in, in the Bay Area. No, yeah, right? Yeah, my bad. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what was that word again? And I should know these words. I'm sorry. It's the morning and I'm still like, wait, wait, what was it? Um, the Costa Hawkins Act yeah. is what sets in place that anything built before October 1st, 1978 is rent controlled. So the con the contra costa costa the Hawkins. costa hawkins act <laughs> oh my god my boss is gonna kill me when he hears this he's like sophia how do you not know okay anyways um so in because i've i've said why don't we just change anything built before 2017 is now under rent control and it's like it's not as easy as that yeah. and because of the costa hawkins act um it keeps the 1978 in place mm -hmm. so a lot of like at CES and other folks have been saying, hey, we want to get rid of this Costa Hawkins Act. Like, can we change trying to push that date further down than as early as 1978? Because yeah. now that amount is yeah. limited. Yeah. Um, you know, you were mentioning that yeah. you live in Koreatown, a rent controlled place. You've lived there for 20 years. Yeah. You know, once you leave, they can raise it to whatever price. And even though they are technically rent controlled, now it's market rate rent control. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not affordable technically. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's that needs to be part of the conversation. And I feel like that's all, most of the time left out. Yeah. No, yeah, I definitely feel that. And I don't know, I think it's just fascinating to see all these different layers to it and how gentrification works to like in the landlords the tenants mm -hmm. coming in and then you know pushing homeless people out developers so, like, yeah. yeah and so like where developers choose to invest so i think of downtown la and how it's it's come up recently mm. you know our skyline is so different now too mm. and it's just like you know it's constantly changing which mm. is true mm. they're trying to do their own new york city type of thing there yeah. too yeah. but now we see people are being pushed out and like is just spreading from the center of the city, you know, and it's just going to yeah. keep getting Skid worse. Skid Row is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Skid Row is like getting concentrated to be more and more, and then people are also just being pushed out of Skid Row, and now people are living by the Mac fucking MacArthur freeways, Park, yeah. or by the LA River, yeah. or yeah, or MacArthur Park, yeah. or everywhere, like and right across the street from your fucking building. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just interesting to me how, I guess, affluent people or like these gentrifiers or whatever just play. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, you know how back then, so, you know, desegregation happened. And then mm. white people were like, okay, deuces. I don't want to go to school with, like, people black. of color. <laughs> right? With black Basically, people. With black, with black people, people yeah. yeah. You know, and they were like, deuces. And, like, left to, like, the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And now that it's cool to live in the city, you know. So, it's like, first they leave. And then now all of our schools are under-resourced. Yeah, you yeah know, they are. You have kids, you know, these students who are getting suspended, who are just being pushed out, who are all of this. And now that it's cool to live in the city, now they're coming back. And now we, again, have to, like, figure our way, like, wait, where am I going to live? Now I'm being pushed out again. It's it's interesting how it's at the whim of these people who have, like, money, these typically rich white people who, like, have the money and flexibility to move wherever they want to move. Yeah. yeah. It's like Becky from Wisconsin coming through. Yeah. I'm a YouTuber with a dream. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's traffic there is that fuck. Oh, my God. You know, I get so mad when I just see, like, sorry. I just, I get furious when I just see annoying-ass people yeah. in predominantly, like, like, black, brown, like, mm -hmm. POC areas. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, 
Why the fuck are you here? Get the fuck out. <laughs> no, because like, nobody I've, wants to. I've seen, I've seen like one to two white people where I live. Where I live is like so, like, yeah, way more oh, yeah. like Latinx yeah. than like anywhere in yeah. like the fucking country. I yeah. swear. Yeah, yeah. I think it is actually. Yeah. And when I see, I see these white people, and I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. They're coming. No, they really are. Like, mm-hmm. I know, I know people that already have white neighbors in Huntington Park. Like, I already know people that. I mean, and it's like. It's just so fascinating to me. Like now they're moving in, and I I knew of someone that was uh, a white like tenant who I think was buying like a condo or something, or and he sued the lawyer, the lawyer, <laughs> he sued the landlord, the owner, because yeah. the owner all of a sudden didn't want to sell the apartment to mm. them, and they're like, no, you're gonna sell this shit to me. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you're suing a fucking landlord mm. owner, like you're gonna fucking annoy your all your neighbors. Yeah. You're gonna be like, turn off your music. Yeah. Like you're gonna if you're already being a nuisance with money to yeah. sue people, like you're yeah. gonna harass all these people around yeah. you too. Yeah. And I just I don't know. I get so mad and I I get really nervous because I think it's gonna happen in the next f- few years of just like how crazy gentrification is. And also just like I work uh, in mostly the home ownership, so uh, I think it's like slightly different from your sister's renters' rights. But just the the idea of like. How, how many people actually like own homes or the accessibility of like owning a home in LA mm. or just like in California in mm-hmm. general is so impossible. I think LA has like a 30% home owner rate, mm. which is so little, mm-hmm. which is why it's like a lot of these situations are happening because people can't yeah. find a stable place yeah. to live and they yeah. can't invest in, in, in actually having a home in general, like in terms of like monthly payment to payment is cheaper than renting yeah. in a lot of situations yeah, yeah. but it's like closing costs yeah. etc like it, you can't how can you save 10% down payment yep. on a $500,000 yep. home yep so and then you have to pay the insurance yep. for it if there's any repairs Property you taxes. have to pay for it that's all on you it's hard and it's interesting you know talking about HP and the southeast LA cities the LA river they're starting to do mm-hmm. like the revitalization yeah, program. They want to revive the river. They want to revive it. They want to make it nice so people can walk and bike down there. And it's it's nice for you know folks like oh hey great we're gonna be able to like go down the river or whatever. But now that's attracting these folks to go down there. It's so expensive in the city of LA. Oh, but in Southeast LA, you mm-hmm. just we just gotta hop on seven ten and we can go to to LA. Yeah, folks, folks are going out there. I, I don't know if you read this article. This one some white lady who blogged like oh she got lost in bell or something shut the fuck up sorry girl no lie (laughs) (laughs) she she was either in bell or southgate and she was like oh i've never seen anything oh wow when i take when i take lyft drivers there from like koreatown they're like i've never been here before and i'm like yeah this is where all your shit gets packaged there you go this is where everything that you buy in la is fucking made basically like yep because I live right next to Vernon, mm. so I literally everything that you buy, all your tapatio yep. comes from Vernon. Yep. Like, yep. So it's yeah. It's so like that, a new unexplored place. Like, mm-hmm. bitch, you're not Christopher Columbus. Like, right? chill out. Yeah. Like this. Obviously, people live here. Obvio. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So really, damn, can you send that to me? Like, I'll, I'll try to look it up and, and find it. Fuck her. Send her some emails. <laughs> 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 Unleash Twitter on her. Oh my god, no. <laughs> but I know, but that's frustrating because yeah. I always used to be very like annoyed that Southeast LA, like if if you look up like 
I don't know, LA blogs or LA websites, it'll be like West Side, Valley, uh, East LA, South Central. And then like I'll look into mm. the South Central and East LA to see if like anything yeah. from like my area yeah. is like being reported on. Yeah. It's never anything. So oh. Southeast is never reported on, which is like a, Good. a pro yeah. and a con because yeah. now you don't have people, people don't even know this area exists. Yep. And so it's cool in keeping it very like insular, but then it also sucks because you like people. There's less resources, obviously. But now people are just like, oh look, oh look at look at this Pacific Boulevard. Wow, look at this. Look at all the potential for the downtown. Mm-hmm. And it, it's coming. And I think you know this is just me speculating i feel like the reason why the southeast isn't covered is because of the pollution oh, like white people yeah. don't want to live hey. next to like the nasty smell of farmer, farmer john's, john's. <laughs> no no one's trying to man Memories. i'm trying right <laughs> i smell that i'll go outside and be like smells like burnt flesh yes Yum. Like, yes or like having to get on the freeway in all of these trucks like yeah. what you know it's like it's not an easy place to live. It's not. And I think a lot of, like, Red. that's 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 another thing I think that, that plays well, into Well, it's street-locked also. Like, yes. there are no freeways. No. no. It's all, like, yeah. it's super street-locked. So it's like, if you don't know your way around, you're going to get hella lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super lost. Yeah. So, I don't know. I get, I'm nervous, but I, I just, I'm nervous because of a lack of organizing. But I think organizing has, uh, in general, in that area and all of LA has, like, sprung up and. I just hope that other cities are more willing to enact rent control mm-hmm. and just, I don't know, be more down for tenants' rights. Because, like, I mean, L.A. is, like, a 70% renter city, so there has to be very strong yeah. tenants' rights and renters' yeah. rights. So, And I do want to share a number with you all. So if you are listening and you're wondering, hey, can I check if I'm rent-controlled or not? So there's this number I want to share. The number is 213 nine four seven nine one two three you text this number you text rso to it um and it'll ask you okay what's your address you type in your address it'll say is this correct yes or no yes and then it'll tell you if it's rent controlled or not and it even gives you a link to uh the booklet that the housing department has where it shows all your renters rights the 12 reasons in which a landlord can evict you all of that good stuff so I would suggest texting that number, text RSO to it, and then it'll it'll be it'll ask you the questions and give you the prompt. Okay, I think that's a good segue to like close out. Mm-hmm. Um, do you also just want to put out your handle just yeah. to like just where do, where people can find you and your novella? Okay, yes. Uh, <laughs> so you can find me and El Señor Oso at Oso, so O S O T H E B O S S O. On Instagram. On Instagram. We're only on Instagram. We don't have a Twitter. We don't have a YouTube. We are just on Instagram. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go, Sam? Do I want to go? And do the edición? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So thank you so much. First, like, first of all, just because that was a beautiful conversation. The whole time I was thinking about like my experience in San Diego and how like I see the th- same things coming up there. And so I guess my despedida for today is mostly going to be centered around like organizing and just, you know, getting educated, getting woke, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> do, woke. doing your thing to like make sure that you're, you know, your rights where you are, even if you think like, well, no, this is how it's supposed to be, you know, with the landlord. This is how that, you know, distant relationship is always supposed to be strenuous and we're always supposed to be fighting. 
and it's always going to be face to face like no it doesn't have to be that way you got to know your rights and you got to know how to do it and do it right you know do it by the book because sometimes the book is going to defend you more than like mm-hmm. your words mm-hmm. and so i think it's very valuable to like look into your rights no matter what they are if they're housing related sure mm-hmm. but if they're not then just know them yeah. know, know them to the best of your abilities and organize people around you even mm-hmm. folks who maybe don't even speak the same language as you you know you use your your networks to reach these people mm-hmm. and you know organize organize well enough so that you know it's accessible to people that, that you know you're not making people pay out of huge like amounts yep. to do like this kind of work and just you know keep it centered keep it focused on what you're doing and i think like you know ces does a wonderful job of that you know that's why i was asking about all the like other organizations and mm-hmm. networks and like the the grassroots to it just because like moving back to la i didn't see that too much or maybe i didn't know about it i'm sure it was there it's mm-hmm. just i never knew about it mm-hmm. and so learning about ces and the work that y'all are doing here is just wonderful and i think it's like very valuable and i know i'm gonna recommend people from like my job here just because i'm like so many people live in k-town mm-hmm. like y'all need to know about this mm-hmm. yeah. and like i've never driven down shadow until like today <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. Well, it's, yeah it's interesting yeah. So it's like knowing that these places are here and being able to create these spaces and Mm -hmm. further like expand them also is just valuable. And I think that's something people can take outside of the context of a gentrification, Mm -hmm. housing rights, tenant rights, conversation, just organize, do your best about it and, you know, be there for the people because you are the people. And I think it's just important to know that there's always help. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I think people think, okay, the landlord's going to evict me. I'm going to have to get a lawyer. This is so much money. I might as well leave. And it's like, no, I think not even just with housing, with other things, there's always like some sort of clinic, some sort of, you know, lawyers that are low cost or just can give advice for free and just give you like, hey, look, you could try this or that. Um, there's always that available anywhere and it's really just asking folks like yo does anybody know about anybody and it's always that word of mouth that that goes around so yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right that was really great Ah, sorry i just feel like it makes me so happy because i really am i'm super interested in like housing Mm -hmm. and like i guess urban development community development Mm -hmm. so this is just like such an informative uh, episode for me like literally i was like wow so much information and yeah so thank you sophia thank you for inviting me thank you for being down like i just messaged you like (laughs) hey do you know who we are (laughs) (laughs) that's just like how i meet everybody though yeah so thank you thank you i feel honored uh that you guys invited me and and brought me as a special guest thank you oh yes Yes. okay so we're gonna say bye bye Bye. bye